0: Welcome to SEO101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers. Open your minds. Grab your mouse and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session.
1: Hello and welcome to SEO101 on webmasterradio.fm episode number 348. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. Well, sounds like we've both been uh, flying this week, eh? Busy, busy?
2: It's been crazy busy, but I just want to comment, though, that I love that we're talking up before the show, getting ready to show, and as soon as we kick into the recording, you, like, turn on your radio voice, and your voice is completely different than it was three seconds ago. I love it. Really? Oh, there you go. (laughs) I don't think I have a radio voice, but hey, I may be wrong.
1: Yeah, I, who knows? I didn't even know I did. I mean, I I know I can. I can really go radio, but I try not to do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard me do those.
2: Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping you don't. Don't. Yeah.
1: Do <laughs> you're such a you oh, fun. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, today's show is essentially. Uh, just covering Gary Eish's AMA, so ask me anything on Reddit. Now, Gary is one of the uh, I guess, webmaster teams, I can't remember what his title is now. Out over to uh, Google, um, he's yeah. certainly um he's connected the, with with John Mueller,
2: yeah. He's one of the gang that replaced Matt Cutts.
1: yeah. He's, I get if I get the impression that he's the one that really goes to the conferences, whereas John Mueller is always almost always in Switzerland doing his uh. Webmaster talks and stuff. So. His,
2: online, his online stuff.
1: Yeah, but uh, anyway, maybe Gary Gary can handle more of the the in person stuff and likes to travel more. Yeah, certainly not so, for so- everyone
2: so these ama things are awesome because you they they do these the amas on reddit all the time and there's tons and tons of different people everything from celebrities to fast food workers they're like ask me any question about what i do and i promise you i'll give you a heartfelt from from the gut answer and the fact that gary did this to me is pretty amazing by itself because um i didn't i didn't have a a chance to go and ask questions myself but there were a lot of people asking a lot of stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there sure were. And then there's some always good responses from Gary. He seems to be a bit unfiltered at times, which is, I don't know. I kind of find, I kind of like it. It's nice to hear the genuine person. Yeah, uh, they've got to get fed up with some of this stuff. So
2: Yeah, you kind of think of when, when the, the the Google reps are talking, they have like the PR person sitting on their shoulder telling them what they can and can't say. I You don't get that feeling at all at this AMA. I mean, it's like... Is he really allowed to say those kind of things? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's just tackle this uh, from the beginning. Now, uh, the first time uh, I should say the first bit here that got me interested in even talking about this was uh, an article on uh, dot com, and I believe also Barry covered it on Search Engine Roundtable. It's pretty, mean, pretty much being covered everywhere, but. Uh, I think it's it's good to have it on the podcast as well because there's some, some basic stuff covered and a little more advanced stuff as well. So let's start with a pretty basic thing, but a good question. Does Google respect robots.txt completely? As uh, essentially the concept here. Um, and the answer from Gary is that robots.txt is respected for what it's meant to do, period. There's no such thing as sometimes can be ignored, unquote. So it doesn't get ignored. It's that simple. You know, there's certain signals that you can give to Google and Google will say, okay, well, thank you for the suggestion um, and we will follow it as we need. But no, in this case, robots.txt is it. uh, You make a mistake, it's your problem.
2: Yeah, but there's there's a reason why people think sometimes it can get ignored because a lot of times a page will get indexed before it's blocked in robots.txt. And if it's already indexed, the robots.txt file is not gonna remove it from the index. Right? So you may think, well, how did this get indexed if it's blocked in robots.tech? It might have already been indexed. Um, so you actually have to go in and remove that page um, if you want it out of the index at that point.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the, the, um, the reasoning was behind that. Um, you would think that if they saw that it was removed later that they would, they would do it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something technical
1: maybe the way they
2: the the robots the robot.txt file controls the crawler activity mm-hmm. it doesn't have any direct connection to the index itself
1: right mm-hmm. so i guess that's that's as simple as it becomes as, as an answer really yeah it's yeah. so separate um, and you have to get your page actually removed from the index if it's already been indexed and uh, as a different process so. yeah huh. anyway just a something nobody's been curious about but it's a good way you put it there that it's 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 essentially a separate system so that makes a lot more sense okay why
2: why does my car still run if my headlights out you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) there you go um country tlds geographic tlds so these are top level domains um Will the settings on these in Google Search Console have an impact on rankings? So in other words, if, um, hmm, I don't know how best to say this. Essentially, if you have a .ca, if you're Canadian, um, uh, and someone is searching for you from Canada, but you're in, a search result, like say you just the Google decided you're, you're a high quality result, and you're showing in the top. You should be showing the top ten, uh, if there is such a thing anymore. Um, in in that situation, uh, you would have a better chance of showing up if all other signals were equal against other countries. So if someone was a .com and in their search console they stated that they were U.S. Uh, that they wanted to be better seen in the U.S then you would outshine them and get a better ranking. Uh, that's essentially it. That's the difference. Um, he used an example in this case of a .LK domain, which is a Sri Lankan domain, trying to rank in U.S. results. In this case, the content may be great, but it's diminished compared to getting great content from the
3: U.S. So.
2: And that makes sense. It's just kind of like we always thought. You know, if you're going to use mm-hmm. one of those domains, use it for the target country don't try to use it
1: somewhere else right yeah and at some people we, we we get this a fair bit because we dealing because we deal with small and medium-sized businesses many of them don't have any technical in-house ex- expertise so they're kind of going flying by the seat of their pants as most entrepreneurs do in those smaller businesses um, and they'll get a dot ca thinking it's a great plan but they want to be found but then let's say six months down the line, they say, well, you know, I really want to be found in the States. Uh, They kind of pigeonhole themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, people say .coms aren't as important. Well, it's not that it has to be a .com, but being that it's a non-geographic domain, a a top-level domain, I I think that's a better choice if you're not sure whether or not you're going to be sticking in your country. And I
2: I also think there's a lot of people that try to use those the, there's a handful of those country level domains that, that formulate like interesting little dots. Like um, our email from my company is reflexive.io, right? And it's, it's not our website, but it's our email. But if that, we tried to make that our website, then we're using a different country than the U S. So now we're, we're going to, even if we mark in our webmaster tools that we're targeting the U S because we have that other um, TLD, we're going to be at a disadvantage. mm-hmm right because you try to get tricky with all oh, this is cool linguistically because of the dot something cool right that's that's where you come into problems
1: i'm going to asking a question that others are thinking right now why would you go with a dot io then for an email
2: um because that's what it was when i joined the company and i had no say in it
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah i just wonder what the choice why they do yeah. that route. it's interesting
2: I, yeah i don't know i'll, I'll have to ask
1: hmm Anyway. Maybe,
2: maybe the original domain wasn't available and that was just a quick way to get something up and going.
1: It looked cool. Yeah. Oof. Anyway. <laughs> okay, next up, uh, UX and behavior signals. Do they have any impact on rankings? So in other words, if someone is in the search result and they click on a, a page, they go to the other site, they spend five minutes, but then they come back. You know, They dwell on the page for five minutes, then come back does that have any benefit versus them going to the page and coming right back bounce.
2: And this, um, this is great. This is great. Cause this is Gary's first like unfiltered answer. I love this
1: one. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'll quote him here. Dwell time, click through rate, whatever Fishkin's new theory is. Those are generally made up crap. <laughs> Search is more simple than people think. <laughs> Unquote.
2: <laughs> uh, and Fishkin is a reference to uh, Rand Fishkin, who started Moz, in case you're not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's, I know he's done tests here and there on these things and has made some claims that he's seen impacts and stuff. And it, 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 he's generally not, I think he's generally careful about what he says about this stuff. So, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Gary seemed to be kind of fed up with that stuff. But it, I, I don't know. I, I do find it hard to believe that none of it has any impact at all. I have to admit. So, um, and and I do actually believe. Well, and actually, let's go to this next part here. The next one's about raters and live test. Gary does say. You now, I I think I'm quoting here, so I'll say I'm quoting because I I copied some of this and wrote some of it. But Gary does say that they use user behavior to evaluate the quality of results, but that doesn't that it doesn't get applied to the algorithm directly. After mentioning quality raters have already been discussed enough, he gives an example using live, ex- live experiments. And the example he's providing, unquote, the example he's, he's going to provide essentially is an A-B test where they, they test one change to the results on one section of searchers and another set on another se- section of searchers, and they see which one has a better result. And they, that's sort of a, a manual test. Um, and then they, they look at that and, and try to determine what, they can do with that, whether or not I guess there is any impact, or whether that should have any impact on um, their algorithmic plans. Anyway. I think
2: it, I think it would be a blast to be one of the people that come up with the A/B tests to run, right? Because we've seen some crazy ones. We've seen them just try different colors of the links in the past to see if there's in yeah. from blue to green to whatever. But it would be very interesting to come up with those tests and, and run them and then evaluate the results. That would be a fun job.
1: They would. Yeah, I get really would. And I I think there's a lot of jobs at Google I bet that would I be mean, a real blast. Um I'm sure it's intense no matter what, but it would be fascinating. I don't think you'd ever feel like you weren't challenged.
2: Yeah, and it's it's interesting to note that they've said in the past that they run probably dozens of tests simultaneously in different from different data centers. So they're always running different tests in the live environment, right? So if you see something weird, it's probably a test because it may go away in, an, in a week or two right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's always fun to remember that just because you see something doesn't mean Google just changed the way they do everything. You're probably seeing one of the tests, dozens and dozens of tests that they're running at the, that moment.
1: Exactly. And, and if you follow any of the really active forums or, or even Search Engine Roundtable, uh, which, uh, Barry tends to be on top of these, you'll see examples of tests almost daily. Uh, at least it feels like it's daily. At least weekly, for sure, you'll see incidences of this being seen in the wild. Unquote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you <know>. um, <clears throat> this next bit was kind of cool. Um, it's about machine learning and using it to write content. Um, essentially, the gist here is that Google has always wanted auto-generated content blocked. So if you if you're going to write anything using a computer, a machine, a machine, they want that block because I guess they assume it's going to be garbage, which probably has been true to this date. Um, now, that said, uh, Gary says that if you can make it to look like a human wrote it, so if it's that good, knock your socks off. Um, he, he, and, he, and here's a quote from me. He says, I'm actually planning to write something up on how to use ML and NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming for SEO, when I have some time, unquote. I so... Think-
2: is it neuro or natural language
1: processing? Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Was I was thinking neuro. I'm like, wow, he's really yeah. getting into There you go. Thank machine you.
2: Machine learning and natural language processing.
1: Yeah. So um, that'll be uh, interesting when he, when he does get that going. It's certainly, uh, I don't know, kind of a scary future of machines writing everything, but I don't think they'll be doing a very good job of it for a while. <laughs> Um, Anyway, next up is image and video search. But before we go into that, let's take a quick break.
0: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
2: TopSEOs.com, the independent
0: authority
4: on search vendors.
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc.
2: Hey Ross, but before you go into the image and video search stuff, I want to go back to what we just talked about a minute ago about machine learning and natural language processing, and and you mentioned right at the end of that that you thought it would be a while before we see any of that stuff that would work. I no, no, of,
1: not works, but that's really, really good. But yeah, I,
2: I I kind of disagree with that. Depending on your definition of a while, right? Because if you think about how fast technology is improving throughout you know human history, you know, I'd say within ten years we're going to have oh machines writing stuff that, that is going to be indistinguishable from humans.
1: Yeah, Ten years is a lifetime in that. No, no, no. I know that. I, I'm thinking like a year or two. I don't think it's going to be anything great. Um, yeah. But no, there's no question. Ten years from now, I don't think anyone can guess with accuracy what's going to be around. Uh, it's going to be crazy <laughs> the way we're proceeding. But no, I I, I think that uh, I, I find that a little creepy because I really think it's cool having people write. I, there's just a difference, well, right? People, I, people
2: won't stop writing.
1: But I mean, will they be overwhelmed? I think they will.
2: Well, we're already overwhelmed with content, right? The internet, we
1: produce, but, per but day. will machine learning based content overwhelm? user-generated content. I think User, it might.
2: User-generated content is already overwhelming the internet. I mean, there's more content <laughs> produced than, than anybody. I read a statistic last year sometime. I wish I could find it, and I'll look for it again, but something like 40% of all content created on the internet has never been seen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if 40% of the stuff people are writing is just out there in the ether, never been seen, you know what's going to happen when machines start writing content at ten times the rate we're creating it now.
1: I know it's not, it's it's overwhelming. The whole thing is, and and I think in yeah. terms of of percentages, it's going to just destroy how many comparatively to how many actual people are writing. Um, it's I think it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's just too many m- people trying to take advantage of that. And can you imagine how quickly a uh, a spammer could overwhelm the internet?
2: Yeah. Well, I think mm. the two the two jobs, if, if if they're your job right now, I would consider you know trying to find another skill set to focus on would be um, non creative writing. So creative writing is always going to be the realm of humans, I think, and truck driving. Those two, <laughs> if you're <laughs> one of those two, start looking for another career.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right got other ideas and thoughts. I, we could just go on this too long. Okay. So <laughs> uh, this next part on image and video search, um, essentially people were asking, you know, what sort of changes may be coming in image and video search. Um, and I guess someone had hinted that there would be some big changes. And he says, yes, excuse me, unquote, I cannot pre-announce or unquote, I mean, quote, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> pre-announce things here, but yes, media search in general, is something we're throwing more engineering resources at nowadays. Google Images and video search is often overlooked, but they have massive potential. Unquote. Yes, they so do. they're seeing that images are generally not being used as much as they they should be. There's a huge underwhelming uh, uh, use of it, essentially, uh, based on what I remember reading there. Um, and they want to start leveraging it more. And we'll, we'll, and, think, well yeah.
2: think, think about it, right? Instagram which is basically primarily an image-based platform, most cases other than commenting around images and stuff. But that's one of the most interactive, most used, most profitable, most advantageous platforms out there today, right now. If you're a marketer, you're gonna have better results on Instagram than you're gonna have on Twitter, than you're gonna have on Facebook, um, any of those social platforms. Why Google hasn't leveraged the images that it has? well, it sounds like they're going to start, but you know, I think media is going to be, especially the bandwidth increases um, that have happened over the past five or six years. There's no doubt that media is the future of everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder if this is going to, if it's finally going to happen. I wonder if Google will build in um, cause they already have the technology, Hell, the technology has been around for a long time, but uh, image indexing the content within images. Yeah. I mean, it's it makes like, sense.
2: Same thing with video. There's been, there's, there's already services out there. They play a video and they can just spit out the transcript right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's all there. It's just, how do you use it? And scale it. And scale it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think that's been the main reason they haven't done it. Or that's my assumption anyway. Uh, Cause it's, yeah. I, I can't even fathom how you could build sites with you know, imagery, especially the next generation of images. What's, what's the name of that File format i don't know enough about it but there's some
2: is that the one that you can refocus after you take it and you can zoom in
1: no uh, well there's that's amazing too but no this is the one that that i don't think firefox or safari allows but google's chrome does and so does uh anyway i can't remember anyway these newer file formats are smaller but they provide just the same kind of quality well if people can use that, to provide a better graphical experience, I don't know, will they be using more of it? Um, I would like to think not, but who knows? Anyway, interesting, <laughs> the, 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 the word of the day. Um, she,
2: could, let's go back to that real quick before we go on. I think that the next evolution of a website, when we're talking about using imagery and video, is gonna be very similar to what we're experiencing now in search where you go to a website and you see this video in front of you and you basically talk to the website, you ask it questions and it responds back to you based on the questions you ask. That will happen. Kind of like the assistants, that's going to- yeah, the bots. The bots. It's going to migrate into you know a full web visual media experience at some
1: point. Mm-hmm. Well, and then is there going to be an indexing of bots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's all <laughs> it's content, right?
2: Yeah, when your website answers questions and you don't get the question until you ask it, or you don't get the answer until you ask it, how do you index that content to search for it, right?
1: It's yeah, the, you'd have to post the answer somehow or some going, sort of database.
2: It's going to all change. And again, it's not that far in the future the way that our technology moves nowadays.
1: And back in January when they had all the predictions in December of, of what SEO is going to be this year, people were saying this is the year of the bot, I noticed a few times. I, don't, I do agree that it's going to be bigger. I don't think it's going to be quite as big as they think yet, but uh, it's yeah. definitely yeah. taking hold.
2: The, the chatbot thing will merge into web development and there'll be like just a website will be, you won't be able to differentiate between a website and a chatbot at some point.
1: Yeah, be interesting. Okay, so hreflang, is there a ranking benefit? Uh, and I'll just read just answer. So uh, essentially, yeah. <laughs> sorry?
2: No, I'm just giggling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, there's some pretty funny questions, but, um, you know, the average user, this may be a a good one. So um, I'm just going to read his response here. This is an interesting question. And I think the confusion is more about the internal versus, versus external perception of what a ranking benefit, what is a ranking benefit. You will not receive a ranking benefit per se, at least not in the internal sense of the term. What you will receive is more targeted traffic. Unquote. So, in other words, if you're adding adding an href lang to your site, which states uh, that this content is 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 a particular language, is targeted as a particular language um, and region, I believe, right? Too region would be kind of connected. Yep, yep, um, so, if if you're doing that, then this all, all you're really doing is giving. Google more information, which gives you a better chance of getting more targeted traffic, which is logical.
2: But at the same time, if you if you identify a ranking benefit as I want to rank better for better tra- more targeted traffic, right, which is should be the goal of any business, you want that you want target traffic traffic that's better has a better chance to convert for you, and you want to rank better for that traffic, then it is a ranking benefit. So yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things that, that just depends on, you know, the semantics of the answer and the question.
1: Yeah. And I think that could be argued, but yeah, it's, it's not, not to, anyway, the main, the essence of it is true that, you know, if you, if, if your site is set up properly, that's a ranking benefit, <laughs> really it, it's part of being a, setting up your site properly. And, and having an optimal site. Uh, okay, duplicate content clusters. Uh, the uh, the SEO asked here if Google will pass the signals from the other pages in the cluster in a cluster of duplicate pages to the page that Google ranks. So in other words, if you have a whole bunch of duplicate pages, um, maybe they won't show up. But if they have any kind of um, page. Uh, authority will that pass to the one that ranks um, unsurprisingly gary said he can't give too much detail around this because spammers may try to abuse it however he did say that in general the page in a dupe cluster that shows up in the results will see more benefits uh, there's more there's a way bigger example there if you want to look at it um, where he gets into it a little deeper let me see if I I think I actually made some notes on this let me go back to it God, to me tabs open ah so
2: so i haven't while you're looking for that so i haven't seen the actual more detailed example so it may shed more light on this but with that one quote that you said generally the page in a dupe cluster that shows up in the search results so if you have 10 pages in the search results and one of those pages shows up that page will see more benefits there's no way you can not interpret that to mean that those other nine pages are sending some kind of signals to the page. What the signals are, how much they are, we don't know, but there's no way there's no other way to interpret that.
1: Actually, okay, so here here, this clarity will, I think this will completely clear this up. He gives an example. Um, I don't think I really need to get into the what it was. Um, oh, actually, no, that was the href line. Darn it.
2: <laughs> See? It's not going to clear it up.
1: No, it was... Uh, f- <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It says, but generally the page in a dupe cluster that shows up in the results will see more benefits. Spammers should be jumping for joy on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. All right, anyway. Um. Okay, next up, folder-level signals. Uh, the question essentially here, does... Google have any sort of folder level signals around content. Um, In this case, Gary explained factors like this are likely more useful when it comes to crawling the content on the site. Uh, And here's this quote. They're more like crawling patterns in most cases, but they can become their own site chunk on small quotes around that. Like if you have a hosting platform that has URL structures, such as example.com forward slash username forward slash blog, then we Eventually, chunk this site into lots of many sites that live under example.com because, and unquote, because in this case, it's proving that this is um, a multi um, uh, persona site. Essentially, there's different usernames, means different areas of the site that are devoted to different people. Uh, so right. in that case, they would break it out. I guess they'd have to do that using their own machine learning to determine that, that this is clearly uh, a multi-user site. So,
2: so I've seen a lot of conversations recently about this. This came up again somehow. This has been around for years and years and years, but all of a sudden, it's, I'm seeing it more about the idea of siloed content. And when we talk about siloed content, the idea is that you take a topic. And any of the subtopics under that, so let's say you have a broad topic of flowers, then you underneath that you have roses and daisies and, and so on and so forth. You know That silo of flowers is a topical silo. And there's been a lot of confirmation if that's still important or if that still works. And this this seems to me to sound like, yes, that's still an important thing to do hmm. uh, as far as s- separating your site into chunks.
1: Do you agree? I don't know if we would really take that from this, but it's certainly possible. <laughs> I mean, he's really talking about uh, a pretty extreme example where it's clear that there's sections of the site that are separate sites in their own effect. Um, and that's where they notice it.
2: And he, and they are talking about file structure too when they talk about folder exactly. level signals. So and we always have to remember that the taxonomy of a site or the navigation of a site is completely independent of the file structure of the site. Mm-hmm. Right? You could have a you could have a flat file site that every single page <laughs> is off of the root of the domain, but in your navigation you can set it up into sections. Right? Mm-hmm. So the navigation is completely separate than the file structure. So that that makes this even a little more. You know, um, oblique. I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think for that reason, it doesn't really allude to that what you're talking about. Um,
2: yeah, the silo thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I still think that's a great idea, personally, just from a pure UX perspective. Yeah, user experience. Flat file. <laughs> uh, no <laughs> siloing.
2: <laughs> yeah, from a user UX perspective, I think siloing is great too. Because if you're wanting to look into information about a single topic, it's nice if all those pages are grouped together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the best example I I, I, I try to use is um, the car sales site. It's just so simple. Yeah, you know, if you, if you've got different sections of your site, one's BMW, one's Mercedes. Uh, one's fiat, whatever. Don't Each... forget
2: jeeps. Don't forget jeeps.
1: <laughs> jeeps. Um, uh, the, anyway, if, if there is sections like that, then obviously it makes sense that, that under Mercedes is all the Mercedes, under the BMW all the BMW. Just perfect sense. Looks good. Um, the key is uh, when it gets a little more complex, is just you know where are you interlinking, um, and uh, generally I don't, I don't interlink between a jeep and a mercedes <laughs> there's just not going to be much reason to um, okay.
2: unless there's an article about why jeeps are so much better than mercedes
1: that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true but that would be in the blog oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> oh dear okay um we can actually finish the next three quickly here and i think then do a break and then do uh, a couple of our other notes uh, so let's try this so <laughs> is there an internal link penalty um, well, I'm skipping one here, but first we'll do that one. Uh, he essentially says, no, <laughs> you can abuse your internal links as much as you want. <laughs> <Quote>. <laughs> so linking between pages, all that stuff, whatever. He doesn't care. Um, what,
2: what, what do you think people, when they th- say internal link penalty, what are they envisioning? Why would, why would they get, I'm not even sure what would, Someone would think would cause an internal link penalty.
1: Maybe someone who thinks they're really bright has used lots of keyword anchored text linking to different pages too much. You know,
2: I was thinking maybe page rank sculpting kind of work that where people were trying to do that would cause a penalty. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even sure what what would cause that or make people think. Well,
1: it's just it. It's just not logical. So, and even he says it's like nope, (laughs) go nuts, hurt yourself.
2: (laughs) Do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, as long as it doesn't affect us. So uh, also another person asked if a domain name can be so damaged that it's not repairable. Uh, Google has in the past sort of said that, well, they've hinted along those lines. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, um, and I do remember reading them fairly closely, they're not saying that it can never be. It's just that it'll be a waste of time perhaps to stay with that domain. You could do better and faster by switching domains because it has been so damaged. Yeah, uh, Technically, it could be fixed. It's just going to take a lot longer, and is it is it worth it?
2: Yeah, okay. and you got to be careful, too, that even if you do start a new domain, and if you do it properly and you tell Google, hey, we're switching from this domain to this domain in Search Console, um, you put it on the same host, you have the same <laughs> registrar information, sometimes that, that damage can follow you to your new domain as well, depending on what the problems are.
1: Yeah, there have been examples of that, haven't there? I mean, I don't know whether or not that's still a case, but...
2: Yeah, but it, but that's that's a that's a that's an outlier case. That's not going to happen all the time by any means. But
1: no, be aware of. no I would hope not. Uh, of course, the question that always comes up: Please list the ranking factors. God, I just I <laughs> rule now. Um, anyway, Gary listed country. The site is local too. Rank brain, page rank slash links, language. <laughs> My Are favorite porniness. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, etc. That yeah,
2: it, it took you a long time to stop using that porniness filter. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do the one before this one, though, too, because it's one of the one of the other. Uh, yes, Gary being totally, totally upfront and honest. All
1: right, so he—I'm he, not sure—someone asked a question, or he just anyway. He apparently got really stressed out um, that SEOs and webmasters. He wants them to stop obsessing about. Detail on uh, on SEO and just to focus on the basics. (laughs) Okay, so I'll quote him here. I really wish SEOs went back to the basics, i.e., make that damn site crawlable. In all caps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of focusing on silly updates and made-up terms by the rank trackers, and that they talked more with the developers of the website once done with the first part of this sentence. Unquote. Mm making it crawlable, making it crawlable, making it crawlable. I can just hear now repeating himself. And in most cases, you know, we're dealing with more enterprise level sites where that. It would be an issue. Um, Not to say that there aren't a lot of small business sites I've seen that are horrifically designed. I mean, it's just.
2: And I just want to play interpreter with one piece of that quote that he said. Mm -hmm. He talks about made-up terms by rank trackers. He's talking about domain authority. He's (laughs) he's, he's telling you right off the bat that's what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, I wonder if anyone pushed on that. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. If this was in front of a crowd, it would have been a few laughs there. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, indexing API. This is the last one. Uh, Google's indexing API has recently attracted more attention because Bing has announced essentially that their new API for submitting content um, will be available. And Google will also offer a API for submitting content said Yoast
2: of some sorts. So it might not even be a submitting content thing. They're just going to offer. Something. Yeah, it's
1: true. We don't know. Um, Yoast has implied uh, that they're going to be doing this. Wix are that are, is, sorry, is testing this Wist uh, Wix has also done the same thing. Um, and as far as Gary knows, they're the only early testers. Um, but he also said, quote unquote, though they are also making stupid ass statements about it.
2: like <laughs> 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 favorite. Um, Me- meaning the marketing people are taking it a little bit too hard, <laughs> which is
1: <laughs> not a surprise. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if that extends to Yoast or just to Wix. Um, frankly, uh, got a bit of a hate on for Wix. It's just a pain he ass to work with. But, mm-hmm. um, so I'm gonna, I am i do not really care. Uh, <laughs> either way, I'm surprised they're both saying a lot about it. I know Yoast is, and, and, yeah. uh, I'm sure it's pretty exciting from a sales perspective.
2: And I'm really surprised they did this with Yoast specifically instead of automatic and WordPress as a whole. Right, Because I know they're, they're probably talking to Yoast because we're because Yoast is the number one plug-in on WordPress across the board. And, and WordPress is the number one content management system on the Internet. Last I read, it was responsible for over 25% of all the sites on the Internet. So I can see them talking to those big players to do something like this, but I, I'm really kind of surprised they went to Yoast instead of um, Automatic, who's the, the company that kind of manages Well, Automatic
1: that. hasn't really made any attempts to make – WordPress very search, like add much SEO capability to it other than the basics. They really haven't done anything.
2: Yeah, that's true. But the basics are pretty strong there.
1: They are, but there's a reason Yoast exists. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see why they did it. Um, and there's certainly no one that's close to Yoast. There's other plugins that are like it. They try to be like it, but he's done a damn good job. That so is it's,
2: true. That is true. Even though, even though he's even though he screwed
1: up a few things. But anyway, oh yes.
2: <laughs> I mean, if you're that big, you're bound to screw up something.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's take a quick break. And we get back. Well geez, what are we gonna do? We're at the hunt and peck here and figure out which ones are the best to talk about. There's a few. <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
4: webmasterradio.fm is the destination for education entertainment and engagement engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on facebook google plus twitter and linkedin you can listen to webmasterradio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through itunes stitcher or however you get your podcasts interact And stay informed. Just search for webmasterradio.fm.
3: Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy to use site management tools and powerful do it your way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com.
4: and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm.
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Karkut, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, man, I've done the front. You do this. Which one do you want to go next?
2: Let's, let's hit the Mueller files, because there's a bunch of those, and they're pretty short and quick most of the time. All right, take it. All right, so the first one was um, John Mueller, and this is a great quote. I love one of my favorite uh, um, quotes from John Mueller in a long time. They were talking about um, Someone asked about, well, my competitors are are breaking these rules and, and you know, I'm, I think we should do the same thing. And it happened a couple times in the same day. And somebody's saying, well, my competitors are doing it. We should be doing it too to, to rank. And his first, first person said, well, so you're saying if you're, if you were giving legal advice and your person, and your client was caught speeding, you would tell them it's okay because other people are speeding too, right? That was the first one. But the really good example was, um, his response then I love this response. It's like they might be ranking despite these things not because of them So just because the competitors getting away with something that may seem a little gray hat or black hat to you That might not be the thing that's causing them to rank better than you. It might be something else they might be ranking Despite what they're doing wrong instead of because of what they're doing
1: unless they're talking about local SEO, which they are in this case Yeah <laughs> local seo is a flipping mess they've yeah, got way too true. many things that are being gamed. yeah everything's being gamed in local
2: seo but i was trying to make it a more broad seo kind of thing i
1: know <laughs> but in this case you're talking about competitor law firms and I've, I've done audits i've done competitor analysis for law firms and it's very revealing there are a lot of shady things going on out yeah. there
2: <laughs> Oh, we we could we could we need to get 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 a big bottle of Kraken and a couple good Cuban cigars and sit by a fire and talk about all the stuff that we can do in local. Business. Yeah, we'll just
1: record it and try and break it into something yeah. worth listening to. We'll, we'll we'll call it John and Ross's Fireside Spammy Chat. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, uh, definitely um, posting that after editing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excuse me. But and, and actually, while well, that's one of my favorite quotes that, that John's done in a while, here's another one that, that is he's he's going on going off on quotes this week. Um, he he basically someone asked him, I don't I'm not even sure what the question was, but he came up with this quote that, that SEOs don't manipulate Google, they manipulate websites. Which I thought was kind of interesting, and it's actually kind of deep when you think about it. So we there's nothing we can do to touch what Google does. We can only touch the, the, the data that Google absorbs to, to, to render its results, right? So we're manipulating the web, not Google, which I thought was an, an interesting way to look at what SEOs do as a whole. <laughs> uh,
1: this next bit though, I think it's obviously, yeah, Barry wrote this, he says, <clears throat> quote, of course, the Google, the Google guidelines mention bad players manipulating the Google search results. Of course. But here, John is being nice and explaining SEOs help websites in search. In the duplicate content section, it says in some cases, content is deliberately duplicated across domains in an attempt to manipulate search engine rankings or win more traffic. It also says intent to manipulate our rankings and deceive our users. <laughs>
2: So if if they're saying people are intentionally duplicating content to try to manipulate Google, they must have wrote that back like in 2009. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, and this is the quality Rater guidelines, right? These people are looking for outright spam. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But it also says intent to manipulate our rankings. But that doesn't mean they can do it. (laughs) Of course, we both know they can. But anyway, (laughs) there's still SEOs out there that are black hat and they're still raking it in so, so um, here's
2: here's here's actually a less so though yeah oh definitely much less so than they used to um i knew a guy who was a black hat that actually bought a castle in europe with his black hat money but that's a different story <laughs> <laughs> but here's an interesting one from john that kind of contradicts what we just heard from gary um uh, gary ish up above right um when gary was talking about do whatever you want with internal links, we don't care um there's no penalty John here is talking about if you're using UTM tracking parameters and UTM tracking parameters are parameters you can add, add to the end of a URL to help track um, conversions and where people flow through your site and and people are starting to use these on internal links between different sections or pages of their site and John's saying if you're using UTM tracking parameters within your own site for internal linkings, it can send mixed signals to Google Now, that said, there are definitely ways to prevent that by a doing self referencing canonical tags on pages, um, which will basically strip the tracking off there. And in Google Search Console, you can tell it to ignore certain parameters and you tell Mm -hmm. it to ignore your UTM tracking parameters if you're not using them somewhere else. Right. So that's interesting that, that you can look at what John Mueller says. You can look at what Gary Eish says, and there's definitely some conflict in between, you know, and this happens more often than we'd like to admit that where those two guys say something that's basically the opposite of each
1: other. Well, I think it's because to give them, I'm not defending them by any stretch, but to give them a, a constant, the, the fact is that there's a lot of gray areas and, and they're trying to answer a question as outright as they can and get black or white. And I, I t-
2: I tell people that there's only one black or white area in all of Google. Everything is a gray area. The only black and white thing I know in Google is whether your site is um, mobile friendly or not.
1: Yes. My God, am I seeing a lot of non-friendly sites. Yeah.
2: Everything else there's gray areas. There's <sighs> outliers, there's, there's ones that don't really conform, but still do this. Everything has gray areas except for that one thing.
1: Awesome, well on behalf of myself Ross Dunn CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and John Carcut the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media thank you for joining us today if you have any questions you'd like to share with us please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Google and yes as i mentioned in the last episode we are going to launch facebook soon let's try to do that for the next episode let's just yeah, see for sure. yeah all right
2: make sure they're all set up we'll put it well Post a, a pin, a post at the top of the Google community to start getting people to head that yeah.
1: direction. That's right. And for all those that cut off because I started the exit, you're missing this. Um, <laughs> have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on Webmaster Radio for Thanks.